Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to Your, your I, I Do, do Crew. True, it is the season of giving, and in that spirit, we have such a treat for you. We interviewed the executive director of American Marriage Ministry. Now, if you're not familiar with them, they're one of the many online ordination services, which is where folks can go to get ordained to legally perform marriages. Now, in some portions of the country, there's more steps, and in some, that's all you have to do. We'll leave that up to you to figure out what's appropriate in your area. But when we reached out to the AMM to provide some information and possibly do an interview with us on the podcast, they surprised us by going all in. The executive director, Lewis King, flew out from Seattle and came to Ohio to record with us in person. It was an amazing experience, and it is obvious to see how passionate he is about all things marriage and wedding related. We talked and recorded with Lewis for hours. Now, we're not going to throw all of that at you at one time. So we're gonna release these as a series over the holiday season. The topics are ranging from what is online ordination, is it legal and how does it work, to so you've been asked to officiate a wedding, here's what you need to do, and more. We are so excited to share these with you. Honestly, more often the parents of couples, when I'm meeting with them, they're like, are you a real minister? Like, so what what would your response to that be? I mean, my response to that from a purely practical standpoint is that AMM is a federally recognized 501c3 nonprofit charity Mm -hmm. that operates as a church. Mm -hmm. So we have the same legal standing as the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. as your local synagogue, as your local mosque. Mm -hmm. So from a purely legal standpoint, yes, we're a church. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that really is different about what we're doing is that we function primarily on the internet. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just a practical difference that mm-hmm. says, okay, well, this is the way that we can reach the most people. This is the way that we can operate the most effectively. And this is the way that we can empower our ministers to really go out there and serve their communities. And, you know, so yes, we are a legal church in every mm-hmm. sense. We check every single box. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's, and, and, and if you want to take a step back and say, well, what is the role of a church in society? A church is, is a spiritual organization, and that mm. is completely separate from the government. The government doesn't have any, any right to, to determine, you know, what is a church. So if we say we're a church mm-hmm. and we operate as a church mm-hmm. and we have a legal standing and we're incorporated as a church, then we are a church. Yeah. And that's really all you need to know. And so people want to, I mean, I I understand that there's sort of this tendency to say, well, is this a church because you primarily function on the internet? But increasingly, Mm -hmm. most of these huge churches are over the internet. I mean, look at like, look at organizations like Hillsong. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And say, well, and, and, and not just in terms of how they reach their, their, um, the people that are followers of of what Hillsong is doing, but Mm -hmm. you know, when they have training classes, when they're, they're, you know, bringing their, their, ministers up to speed they're doing it over the internet and american marriage ministries does precisely the same thing except we're we're obviously you know non-denominational and and you know not affiliated with any specific religion or Mm -hmm. denomination but we do the same thing 
once you get ordained with American Marriage Ministries, that's the beginning. And then we provide all of our training materials online. If you want to take it a step further, we also have, you know, books and, and other materials that you can get through our store. But, but you know, the core of what we do really is provide this ordination, mm-hmm. which legally empowers you to solemnize weddings anywhere in the U.S. Yeah. And then we hold your hand every single step of the way as you plan the ceremony, as you meet with the couples, you figure out, okay, what sort of a, what sort of a, you know, what sort of vibes do they want? How do they want to mm-hmm. do this? And how can I, as a minister, help them really communicate their worldview and what they want to do to the people that show up to their wedding ceremony? Yeah. And that's no difference than that, different than somebody like Hillsong saying, okay, you're going to go out there and you're going to preach this, this specific gospel, but we're going to, you know, probably most of these classes are going to be happening digitally. Mm-hmm. So again, the, you know, that, that sort of, it's just a, a misunderstanding about you know, how churches function in society generally. Mm-hmm. And, and and I totally understand where that comes from because, you know, there's such a lot of these institutions are so ancient that we always associate a church with like, you know, the brick and the moss and the ivy and mm-hmm. the old dude in the long black coat. But from a, you know, practical standpoint, none of that needs to be there. Right. It can be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's a really interesting point. And, uh, and I kind of, I like when you were explaining that in that particular way, I laughed because I thought, you know, Amazon operates exclusively online and no one disagrees that they're a business, you know, you put them up against any mom and pop store, please don't visit your mom and pop stores. But thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> I've seen what they did to Seattle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But, um, but you know, by the same token, you know, operating purely online doesn't make it any less legitimate. And especially all of the things that, that the AMM does is are, are all the things that you would expect a church to do. And, and I think, like you said, you know, just because it's newer, people tend to mentally delegitimize it. But that doesn't mean anything because no one would disagree that the Church of Latter-day Saints is not a religion. You know, they're very active. They have, you know, all the, uh, you know, uh, We've said, you know, I like acapella music, so I just think like Brigham Young has a couple of really great acapella groups that have come out of there. But, you know, they're fairly new uh, as compared to, you know, again, we've talked about, you know, Judaism or Islam or any of those things. And so. Right. Well, okay. So since you mentioned acapella Mm -hmm. and and music and the internet, so I've got, I I worked with um, a couple of musicians in Istanbul for a while, and they've since moved all over the world. Mm -hmm. And we record music entirely over the internet now. So oh somebody gosh. somebody in in Germany will lay down a drum track. Mm-hmm. It'll go over to somebody in Vancouver, BC, who put down some guitars. It'll go back down to Istanbul, and you'll get some bass and some mixing, and it'll come mm-hmm. up to Seattle and get the vocals. And so whether we like it or not, everything's online. And yeah. another thing I wanted to talk about, since you mentioned the, the, the sort of history of, of religious organizations mm-hmm. and, and the role that technology plays, is that prior to ordination moving to the internet, it was a mail-in service Mm -hmm. that was that was started by a fellow called kirby hensley in modesto california and he started the original universal life church i think it was 1959 Mm -hmm. and back then when it was mail-in there was that same response Mm -hmm. but basically all he was doing was taking advantage of of you know existing technology okay well we have a modern you know functioning u.s postal service in the u.s let's use that so that Mm -hmm. we can reach the most people yeah and and affect the most change in the world Mm -hmm. and so saying that an ordination is happening online is only it's only happening online because that's the the most effective and you know economical way to do this Mm -hmm. we can't as an organization go and go to everybody's door and i can't sit down with you and we can't sign you know fill in the ordination 
document and sign mm-hmm. it and, and 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 do this with a handshake because we'd only be able to reach a few thousand people a year right. at most and it would be incredibly expensive to do so but yeah. that's not the point the point is is that we want to empower people to go out there and work with couples to you know totally define their own spiritual experience on their own terms and the only way mm-hmm. you're going to get that is if you have a, an efficient who's willing to to meet the couple where they're at yeah and mainstream churches have demonstrated over centuries and millennia that they will not do that. So that's right. where we come in mm-hmm. and we're going to use whatever technology is available to us. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So now you said if you did it in physical person, you'd only be able to reach a few thousand people per year. So how many people, and if you know the stat off the top of your head, how many people have you ordained in 2019 alone? I, I can give you a pretty close estimate. That's yeah, that works. Like ballpark so is fine. I'd say, we're at about 70,000 people. Outstanding. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty remarkable. Although I, I do have to say that 1,500 of those people were ordained in person in Tennessee, and that's a whole mm-hmm. other conversation. Oh, we're going to have that conversation. Great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on on we're, we're in a slow season right now. It's sort of in between mm-hmm. the holidays and, or it's not really, it's fall. And yeah. um, it's, you know, we're still probably ordaining 150 a day. Now I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to have to do a disclaimer here and say I've failed multiple math classes in my life. So check any any stats I throw out there. Please double check them. And you can actually look on our website to see exact numbers here. Okay. We have it. We have it. We get pretty granular. So we can tell you how many ordained ministers mm-hmm. are in every state, how many are in the country and, and, and all those things. So awesome. Do do your do your uh, due diligence here. Yeah. And if people want to go and check that out and, you know, we're, we're of course going to, to promote this website a couple times and I have a selfish reason for that and we'll go into that in a little bit what is the website the website is theamm.org so that's t-h-e-a-m-m dot o-r-g excellent excellent very cool and so you mentioned tennessee and that was one of the things that i wanted to make sure that we talked about so and and we can talk about this more in a, in another moment but so you said all 50 states and that is kind of a new thing when it comes to the online ordainment process because Tennessee was an outlier for a little bit and um, it's complicated there. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that situation? Sure. Well, Tennessee was an outlier, but it actually wasn't an outlier for American marriage ministries. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we try and do differently, or yeah, differently, I'd say, is that we have a team of people back in Seattle who, who reach out to county clerks mm-hmm. on a very local level and explain who we are and what we're doing and the role that we play in couples' weddings. And, you know, oftentimes it goes back to our conversation about, you know, the internet and online ordination being a new thing. You can say, well, mm-hmm. you know, once you explain it to people, once they get it, they're like, oh, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. So we work closely to make sure that county clerks know who we are and what we're doing. So even in Tennessee, historically, over the last 10 years, we've got something like 20,000 ministers there now. We've had a great relationship with county clerks, and we've had no problem with our ministers being able to submit the paperwork which is really Mm -hmm. where where the the problem was sure and the problem was that um some county clerks and i'm gonna you know i'm only gonna speak for american marriage ministries here Mm -hmm. some county clerks did not recognize or or didn't want to recognize i guess um weddings that were officiated by some other churches because they felt that they were were not up to the standards that they should be Mm mm-hmm now, first off, that's not a decision that county clerks should ever, should ever be making, but right. that's what was happening. And because, again, this is an overreach. It's a government overreach mm-hmm. into the spiritual affairs of private citizens. Mm-hmm. It should never happen, but it was. 
And, you know, there's, you can, we can talk about the other reasons, but without getting sidetracked, the, the state passed, the legislature down there passed a law that said weddings officiated on folks that were ordained online mm-hmm. cannot solemnize marriage in the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So it was just one sentence. And as a result, uh, so that law got signed in, in by Governor Lee mm-hmm. sometime, I think it was like July or so, July mm-hmm. of this year, 2019. And... Basically, what happened was within hours, we started getting emails and panicked phone calls because our ministers are so are such an integral part of, of you know, the wedding industry and mm-hmm. folks plans in the state that they're like, what's this is I mean, this was cataclysmic. You think about it. Yeah. For, for people that work in the wedding industry, we mm-hmm. realize how much planning goes into a wedding. I mean, mm-hmm. and this is something that lawmakers obviously did not take into consideration, right. which is, you know, we're a 501c3. <laughs> I can't lobby, but I'd say, you know, that says something about your lawmakers, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was just this like growing disaster that was happening on the ground. Yeah. And, and this is like a lot of like even it wasn't just ministers in the sense of like friends and family members. Mm-hmm. It was people that had professional officiating businesses. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of events, uh, event spaces and mm-hmm. wedding businesses that were like, wait, if there's no officiant here, mm-hmm. the wedding's off. So this doesn't just affect, you know, officiants. This yeah. is saying this is throwing tens of thousands of weddings that were planned for that summer. Yeah. It's snowballing into and, yeah. a larger and larger problem. So what we, we thought about it and we talked to our lawyers and we talked, we brought on a, a legal firm in Nashville as well to consult us on this case. And we realized that we could go in and provide as a temporary solution, because remember I talked about how expensive this is. Mm-hmm. We can go in and we can ordain in person every single one of our ministers that wants to keep their ordination credentials and continue to do what they do. Mm-hmm. So we this all happened in the space of a few days like it was Mm -hmm. it was insane it was just we went from this like you know cozy little online ordination Mm -hmm. church to you know all of a sudden we were getting headlines in the new york times and the washington post and we were and i was on cbs and we were we flew to tennessee Mm -hmm. and we went from city to cities you know we we rented out spaces we were in public parks sometimes we'd just be in a pavilion with a big stack of ordination papers yeah and there would be a line of ministers people just coming in and it was it was totally insane and it was mm-hmm. awesome because we got to meet ministers from all walks of life every every single place on the political spectrum every mm-hmm. race every gender every like i mean what you know it was it was totally wild to just yeah. meet in in person with thousands of our ministers and be like mm-hmm. okay this is why we do what we do and not just looking from our numbers we can say this is this is incredible look look mm-hmm. at the look at the role that we play in society and look what we're doing here it was it was i mean it really changed us as an organization because we we finally understood what we were doing mm-hmm. we'd always kind of you know you always sort of believe in what you're doing yeah but when you're faced with evidence that hey we're doing the right thing and it's working it really you know it puts some pep in your step yeah that's that's amazing and the fact that you that you and your team went out there to do that in person and and took that time it speaks to the commitment that you have to the mission and that's so 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 powerful to me um and it came across kind of the bow of my ship because one of my officiants that works for me had been ordained by another ordaining body and goes to bonnaroo every year and wanted to be able to say hey if you are attending the festival and you want to get married I will do that for you. But as we discovered and turned out, he wasn't able to because we weren't ordained by the <clears throat> proper <laughs> ordaining body. I'll just, I'll say that in that way. And so that was something that 
that was brand new to me and, and seeing that because we had been officiating in Ohio and Michigan and Indiana and Wisconsin and had had no problems whatsoever. And then, mm. as you said, when this law was signed into effect, it was all of a sudden, wait, what does this mean? And are, the concern was, are other states going to begin doing this? Because Ohio, as you know, is already a more restrictive state with uh, performing weddings in that you have to not only have an ordainment, but also get licensed through the state. Now, they recognize a lot of ordainments, which isn't a problem. You just have to have some paperwork for it. But many states don't even require that. Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, the, the ordination paperwork itself is plenty. Mm-hmm. They'll check on that and, you know, it's, it's, you're good to go, yeah, so to speak. So it's worth mentioning two things in the context of Tennessee. So the first thing is, is that the law is currently suspended or it's on ice, so to speak, mm-hmm. pending a, a legal resolution to a couple of lawsuits that are challenging it. Mm-hmm. Um, and American Marriage Ministries has our own, like I said, we have our own legal team on the ground and we're working on making sure that our minister's rights are, you know, not violated in any way because this yeah. is a constitutional issue and we have an absolute right mm-hmm. to be there doing what we're doing. Yeah. And this is, and, and this is a, a, you know, in our opinion, a massive, you know, intrusion of the state into pri- the spiritual practices of private citizens. Yeah. So in, at this point, online ordination is still completely valid. And if you got ordained online by American Marriage Ministries, mm-hmm. you can still perform weddings that are legally valid in the state mm-hmm. of Tennessee. So that's that's the first thing. And I already forgot the second thing I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, but thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. And anyone who's been married by a, by an, a minister who's been ordained by the AMM or any other internet ordaining body that doesn't invalidate their marriage. It doesn't. And what would happen is there's there's basically two outcomes here. The first one is is that the judge ultimately strikes down this law, and we think that's going to happen because sim- a similar law was was passed in in Utah a while ago, mm-hmm. and it was thrown out because a, the courts ruled that it was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And there's and it was basically the same language. It was very similar to the one that passed in Tennessee, and we don't see any reason why you know the lead, the courts won't interpret the constitution in the same way and we mm-hmm. hope they do so so that's that's what's what's happening right now so yeah. and in the interim as long as this thing is on ice online ordained ministers are you know are good to go there the other outcome is that they say no the law stands you know in which case we have a second lawsuit mm-hmm. you know ready to go you know yeah. so we're, i mean we're gonna fight this thing to the bitter end and right. ultimately you know i mean amm exists to ensure that it doesn't matter where you are in the U.S., every single couple, regardless of their, you know, their gender, their sexual orientation, their race, their their language they speak, their ethnic mm-hmm. background, whatever you want, has the right to get married by a minister that shares their worldview. Mm-hmm. And so we're, and, you know, we'll, we'll go down fighting this one. Yeah. And I another thing that I, I'd like to talk about, about what happened in Tennessee that's really interesting and really sad, actually, is, is the, the way that... So you've got this one sentence in the law that says couples that uh, ministers that are ordained online may not solemnize marriage in the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Sounds straightforward. But if you look at the implications of what happens with this law and you look at the couples that are negatively impacted, mm-hmm. it's overwhelmingly LGBTQ couples. Yeah. Because guess what? None of the churches. So this basically so I'll back up here and say if this law stands, only two groups of people can officiate weddings, mm-hmm. courthouses mm-hmm. and mainstream churches in the right. state of Tennessee. And I'll tell you what. 
the courthouses are just as conservative as the mainstream mm-hmm. churches. So in both cases, if you're an LGBTQ couple, if mm-hmm. you're an interracial couple, mm-hmm. you are not going to have your wedding solemnized by somebody that respects you. Yeah. Because you're not going to, the churches straight up won't do it. Right. And the courthouses will, but you're still going to have somebody there who's like reading off a script because the last thing they want to be doing is marrying a gay couple or marrying an right. interracial couple because it sounds crazy to someone like me who's, you know, lived in Seattle for a while. And, and mm-hmm. that's like, duh. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but <laughs> right. in, in Tennessee, a lot of people are still really opposed to interracial couples. And, not, and and so that's not it. So then you've got rural couples, mm-hmm. might even be just, you know, conservative Christian white rural couple mm-hmm. who you think isn't going to be negatively impacted. But all of a sudden, if they can't have their backyard wedding officiated mm-hmm. by their cousin, yeah, they're, they're going to be restricted to a couple of churches mm-hmm. and one courthouse. They're going to have to travel and mm-hmm. it's going to really limit what kind of a wedding ceremony they can have. Then, of course, you've got non-native English speaking couples who are just screwed across yeah. the board because you know regardless of what their their spiritual beliefs are mm-hmm. this is tennessee you're not going to find uh somebody that can officiate a wedding in farsi or arabic right. or yeah. or you know whatever malayalam or whatever the language happens to be yeah so in just in practice this denies couples the ability to celebrate such an important spiritual moment in their lives mm-hmm. with this one sentence and it, and it, and so for us this is an existential question and we mm-hmm. will do whatever it takes to ensure that this law does not stand because that's why we exist. I mean, you, you go to our website and you've got our, our three tenants. And the first one is that everybody has the right to be married regardless of race, gender, sexuality, you know, and, and, and this law just straight up interferes in that. Yeah. I didn't even, you know, when, when you would first uh, talk to me about it, I didn't even realize, like you'd said, how far reaching it really was when you really start to pull it apart in that way. And it, and it is so impactful across so very, very, very many people. And wow, I'm sorry, I'm like a little like mind blown moment here, like you said. And the the language barrier, the the faith barrier to so many different things. Yeah. So this is what's this is what's so bizarre about this law. And I I don't know how much time you have to talk about this, but it's really crazy because people I don't think and I actually got an email I have an email correspondence with the lieutenant governor of Tennessee where he essentially said I did you know this law is nonsense. I don't mm-hmm. support it because he saw the implications mm-hmm. and people who voted for it didn't. I mean, a lot of times lawmakers just, I think, just say, <clears throat> "I'm we're, okay, this looks, this looks fine. It was put up by one of my colleagues. It must be okay. Right. And they say yes or no. And they say yes. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is that there was, um, there, there was a similar law that was just starting to move through um, the legislature in New York. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the people who were behind it, and I said, "Look, do you, I I know I know you because I actually have a relationship with this lawmaker. I, I've I've mm-hmm. met with her, and she's a lovely person. But I was like, I don't think you understand the implications of this law. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to show you what happened in Tennessee. And by the end of the meeting, she uh, was like, "Okay, I'm gonna after after you leave the office, I'm going to get on the phone with my legislative director because this law I see now the impact this would have on minority couples of all types, and this." Mm-hmm is totally on and and i mean she she realized mm-hmm. how harmful this you know this simple yeah. law could be and people don't understand because the but because but there's always these really like complex implications mm-hmm. of legal changes like this mm-hmm. and and so our role is to say hey look this is what online ordination does this mm-hmm. is how we ensure that minority couples or or non-minority couples like really mm-hmm. we ensure that couples regardless of, of who they are have access to the same spiritual and the same like 
rights as as anyone else. Yeah. And this is this is really a marriage equality issue, and it will always mm-hmm. be a marriage equality issue as long as the state is is engaged in the in in the marriage business, which it is. Yeah. 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 As long as the state is making the rules as who can't uh, regarding who can and who can't officiate weddings, mm-hmm. organizations like ours are going to be necessary. Absolutely. And 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 it's funny because I always say I wish AMM didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say because I love my job. Yeah. But we exist because there is essentially a bias that's built into the into the marriage law mm-hmm. canon. And and online ordination is a simple tool that allows couples to rectify that and allows ministers to rectify that at low cost. Yeah. Usually for free. Like our ordination is free and in a lot of states that's all you need. You can, mm-hmm. you know, you can get ordained, you can get some paperwork if you want, but we you can also download the PDF for free. Mm-hmm. And, and you're good to go. Yeah. You have a nice, you can, you can, you can buy a nicer ticket for framing. I mean, and, 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 and I guess I should pl- look, okay, we're, yeah. we're a nonprofit. Uh, my, one of my accomplishments in my year and a half of running AMM is I've managed to lose money both years. So we're not getting rich here. <laughs> Fair. Okay. And, 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 you know, selling these things, these, mm. these things, selling uh, certificate of mm-hmm. ordination right. and, and, and our books is how mm. we keep the lights on and right. we, and, you know, keep a roof over our head so please yeah. go to the amm.org go to our store mm-hmm. you know and see if there's anything there that that jumps out at you yeah well and hearing how much money that you've invested in in the the legal aspects of making sure that people have these rights in these places where they're being challenged the fact that you have you know feet on the ground and that you have teams that are working to support these ministers and working to support these couples all across the U.S. is really, I mean, is, is you know, reason for me to go and say, do I, do I really need the super nice, you know, fancy stuff? No, but, you know, I'm going to buy one because I want to support the mission. And people can do that to support the mission. And you're a 501c3, I assume you also take donations? We definitely take donations. If definitely you, take donations. If you don't want to kill a tree, you can always just, you know... <laughs> digitally move the cash from your bank account into ours that's fine i like that i like that (laughs) yeah um and and honestly having that ordination certificate Mm -hmm. here we get into the you know sales part of the podcast but um (laughs) (laughs) you know how we were talking about people wondering you know are you really an ordained minister Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people you know it's a legitimate question and and having that ordination certificate says yeah look i mean this is this is 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 cool you know it's got the seal on it it's Mm -hmm. it's i mean it's a real document it's a legal document and it's and it's worth having sometimes. It is. So we always recommend, you know, mm-hmm. make sure to have a copy on hand. Absolutely. Sometimes I have, and again, it's not It's not usually the couples themselves. It's usually a parent that says, well, can I see your license? Yeah, sure. Well, here you go. And and they're like, yeah, exactly. They like having that. And it's a, we still live in a, we still live in a tactile culture. We're still transitioning to the digital. Yep. You know, sometimes I have a scan of it on my on my uh, tablet, and I can show them that. They say, "Yeah, but do you have it for real? You, you for want the real. real one?" You know, people people love documents. You know, if, mm-hmm. you know when when you're when you're. I was thinking about buying a house. I, I'm not going to do it, but just looking at all the uh, the insane amounts of paperwork you fill out, I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, this is the real deal." Yep. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I feel confident about this because there's eight pages of you know little boxes to check and lines to fill in yeah. and stuff and. <laughs> You know, whatever it takes, mm-hmm. as long as people want to feel confident, confident about decisions they're making, and and you mm-hmm. definitely want to feel confident that the wedding you're officiating or the wedding or your wedding, if you're the couple, mm-hmm. is legally valid. Like that's critical. Yeah. So you do want to at least check. Okay, were you mm-hmm. ordained by a church that's recognized? Yes. And the good news is, is that American Marriage Ministries is still recognized in all fifty states. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if for whatever reason, God forbid, in the future there's any issues with that, we're going to be on the ground. We're going to have our legal team there to make sure 
that that stays the case. And you're going to see, check back in with us in a couple of years, Tennessee is going to be squared away mm-hmm. and we're going to have online ordination there. And, you know, ministers continuing to perform tens of thousands of weddings in the state and being, you know, an important part of their communities. Yeah. Yeah. And something that you said struck me in a good way. And it was the checking the boxes. And that was something that I noticed with American Marriage Ministries versus some other online ordination services. When I had gotten ordained a number of years ago, I had used a different service because they had different search engine optimization or whatnot. But I recently switched my ordination over to American Marriage Ministries because I like the tenets that you have. I like the the three that you have and that I have to agree to them before you'll ordain me. There are other online ordination services that have a single click-through ordination. And when I think about that, for me, that feels like less of an investment of my personal ethics, morality, what what not, what have you. And it's, it's um, for me, it, it feels more official, which I know is purely subjective, but I like those tenets and I like the agreement to them as being part of the ordainment process. Yeah, well, I... That's the thing. No matter who you get ordained with, mm-hmm. and and regardless of how upfront they are about what they believe, every organization has their ethos mm-hmm. and has their tenets. And you do. I mean, yes, yes. It's it's about having a certain legal standing, mm-hmm. but it's also. I mean, at American Marriage Ministries, we think that that it's it's more than that as well. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we want to do. You know, communicate as effectively as possible to our ministers and say, look. We are about marriage rights. We are about social justice. We want to leave the world a better place mm-hmm. than we found it for yeah. our kids. And honestly, if if that's not something you agree with, mm-hmm. then there are no shortage of other places and other churches that will welcome you with open arms. But for us, it's really important that we're upfront about that. Yeah. Because, you know, I look at the world around me and I am very worried and I'm very scared. And I feel like everything that I do in in some way needs to contribute to you know pushing back against that because if we don't do something you know no one's going to do it right and and it's very easy to say well what if we t- what if we were just gave the uh the LGBTQ marriage equality issue a backseat yeah we believe in it but what if we you know right. pushed it to the bottom of the page mm-hmm. you know that makes a difference you know because right. we get millions of visitors to our website every day mm-hmm. and having it up there at the top of the page saying, here's this this reputable organization that is, you know, whose ministers have performed hundreds of thousands of weddings across the country mm-hmm. that's engaged in society that, you know, this is what we believe. We, you know, we need to be upfront about that because we are part of the discourse around marriage and about marriage equality. And, yeah. and we're and we're an active voice in the in the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. And and if we don't promote acceptance, you know, if, if we don't society is going to become increasingly fractured. It's yeah. already feels sometimes that we're moving in that direction mm-hmm. and we want to be a uniting force. Yeah. And we're not going to be a uniting force unless we're upfront about what we believe and we're engaged and we're actually doing something with that. Mm-hmm. So when we say we're going to be in Tennessee, we're going to have boots on the ground, we're going to have our lawyers there, we're doing something. It's a statement. It says, this is why we exist. We exist so that regardless of your gender, regardless of your sexuality, regardless of your race, you have the right you're you're important and you are your wedding your expression of spirituality your expression of the world that you want to create together with your partner is just as valid and just as important as anyone else's mm-hmm. because when laws are passed like the ones in Tennessee and when churches don't speak out for equality it it's essentially a statement that says no there is a difference right. and 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 
I know, you know that that's not the case, mm-hmm. but you have to be vocal about that. Yeah. Because I mean, what do we, we got a, we got a good like 40, 50 years of left, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you only get one life and yeah. you've, you got to make it matter. And for me personally, I get, I get so much value and self-worth out of, you know, doing something mm-hmm. because I've had other jobs where I didn't feel good about what I was doing. And yeah. this, and, 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 and just, this is so important to me, I yeah. guess. I'm kind of wandering here, but you, you catch my drift. I get you. I do. No, I think that that is a great philosophy and and just mantra for life to to leave it a better place and to, to make that difference. And that's why I think that the AMM having all of that at the forefront and having all of those, like you said, the three, the three tenets, the ethos at the forefront so that those who are getting ordained to minister to other people, to to, you know, to help them join together in love. I think that is... Perfect is a strong word, but as pretty much as close to perfect as you can get. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take it. <laughs> so, again, if folks want to learn more about the AMM or to go to get ordained, they can go to... Theamm.org. The and it's and it's all right there. We got in a little about us tab. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to take up more than a minute or two of your time, and we're going to mm-hmm. communicate as succinctly as possible exactly what we're all about. Um, I don't know if this is a question that you want to cover, but and I think it's it's we were going to pivot to the ceremony itself mm-hmm. because I think that that's really related as well. So we're gonna we're gonna break it into multiple episodes. Okay. So we- and that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as one dollar a month by going to Patreon.com/slash/YourIDoCrew or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.